This is Truth Pop. This is Truth Pop. With Jake and Kathy. There's something really important going on this month, and I wanted to make sure that you knew about it. We're Jake and Kathy, that young adult married couple giving you a Catholic take on faith and culture. Thanks for listening to Truth Pop and for subscribing. This month is the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and oftentimes it gets overshadowed by Pride Month, sadly. It's really focusing on the love, the humility of Jesus, and how we're called to respond to that love that he's desiring to give us. I wanted to just play you an unplugged interview that we had the chance to do with just such a holy priest. His name is Father James Parker, a priest from the Rockford Diocese. And we had the chance to talk to him about what the Sacred Heart devotion really means and how it applies to your life. So let's get to that unplugged interview right now. This is Truth Pop Unplugged. The devotion to the Sacred Heart, when people talk about that, there's a beautiful symbol. We see the heart of Jesus Christ. Nine times three hearts at Valentine's Day, so symbol of love. But the heart of Jesus Christ, and there's flames on the top of it with a little cross. And so it's just, it's a, it depicts that God has a burning love for us. You know, all of us, one of the deepest intensities, desires we have in our hearts is to love and to be loved. To love and to be loved. And so most of us, we fall short of that. So we see the symbol of the sacred heart, the love that, of the heart of God that has loved us perfectly, even to the point of laying his life down on the cross. And when I prepare couples uh, for marriage, when we do examination content at uh, the end of the day with, my, with the Rosary family on the YouTube, uh, so we always turn to the Sacred Heart saying, Jesus, fill in the gap. Fill in the gap, Lord, between the love I've given others today. I know my love is weak. Fill in that gap, Lord. And then I pray at the same time, Lord, other people treated me in a poor way or haven't loved me. So, Lord, fill in the gap between the love I receive from others. And that I need it. So we're asking Jesus to fill in the gap between the love that we give and the love we receive. But ultimately, we're called to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, being, strength. And we fall short of it. And that's where we offer the, the divine human heart of Christ, the sacred heart to the Father, saying, Father, I offer you the love, the sacred heart to fill in the gap uh, between the love I've given you and the love you should have received from me. And this devotion to the sacred heart, you can really trace it all the way back all the way back to the Last Supper in John chapter 21, where St. John the Apostle is leaning his head on the breast of Christ. And he could hear the beating, pulsating heart of Christ. And then John, in John's Gospel, where the, uh, the spear goes through our Lord's side as the blood and water gush forth. But in modern times, it really came about with St. Margaret Mary Ellicott, a nun in France in the 17th century, where she was adoring our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And our Lord appeared to her. She could see invisibly, appeared to her and started speaking. And when she he appeared, he revealed his sacred heart, that heart that has that burning, burning love. And our Lord said these good words to her. Behold this heart, which has so loved mankind, and in return, receive such little love of others. And so Jesus Christ, although he's fully God, fully human, he thirsts. He thirsts for our love. So his devotion to the sacred heart, we're called to love our Lord. And that primarily means loving Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, in the altar, in Holy Communion, in Eucharistic Adoration, to adore him. But there's so many people who who hurt the Lord. They don't, don't, they don't pray. They, don't, they deny the God's love for them. So we're called, for those who have faith, to make reparation for all those who, who turn away, who spurn away from, 
from God's uh, uh, great love. You know, there's a priest that was very influential in my life. Um, he's a servant of God now, Father John A. Harden. Uh, he died December 30th, 2000. And he was a Jesuit. And St. Ignatius Loyola, on founding the Jesuits, was really big in promoting devotion to the Sacred Heart. Because he realized people have to know in a concrete, more realistic way that God does love them, despite their sinfulness, despite their coldness, despite all, all the quirks that they have, that God loves them intensely. So in the spiritual exercise, part of it is to meditate on God's great love for us. So Father Hardin, being a Jesuit, being faithful to, uh, uh, to his founder, St. Ignatius, preached devotion to the Sacred Heart. And it really comes down to primarily spending time in prayer, going to him, turning to his heart, loving him, and going before the Blessed Sacrament to say, Jesus, I love you, but Lord, my love is weak. Lord, put more of your love into my heart so I could love you better, so I could love my neighbor, that your love would help me get set free of all unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart. So, Lord, I just ask your love to transform me. Because all of us, in the depths of our heart, we know we're called for more, and we know that we really fall short of our potential, where we could be, what we could do in life, what we could do in our relationships. Hmm. And that's what we turn to the sacred heart to supply for all those defects, to, to supply for all this wanting, in our lives and our love of others and loving of humanity, our lack of charity, we turn to the heart of Christ. Oh, Lord, put you more of your love into my heart. Put more of your love into my heart. Um, There's a special thing, too, with St. Margaret Mary. Our Lord gave her uh, the 12 promises of devotion to the Sacred Heart, uh, 12 particular graces that we would receive if we would do the nine first Fridays of the month. Go do nine Fridays of the month, the first Friday of nine months. And to receive our Lord in the Holy Communion, and also to go to confession. And he promised there would be peace in families, healing relationships, that we would, uh, we would rise in perfection, become what God's called us to be. But the greatest promise is that before we would pass from this life, that his all-powerful, merciful love would obtain for us the grace of final uh, penitence, that final contrition for our sins. We die in God's grace so someday we can be with him heaven. Now, even the most hardened of hearts, the most hardened and coldest heart, if they turn to my sacred heart, if they turn to my sacred heart, that his love will touch our hearts. So, but we have to put our efforts into it. You know, James 4, 8, draw close to God, and he draw close to you. So if you, anyone who sees a picture of the sacred heart, most of the pictures depict Jesus' hands are open, like beckoning us to come towards him. In a sense, maybe to receive a hug from him. So our Lord wants us to draw close to him so we can be embraced by his love. So it does require effort on our part. And so just making an effort of turning to Jesus in prayer, turning to him in adoration, turning to him, going to sacrament confession so we receive communion in the state of grace. So there's so many graces that come with this devotion. Father, what would you say to someone who maybe hasn't been to confession in many years and is afraid to go back? What hope would you share with that person? Our Lord, when someone comes to confession, has been away uh, for many years, and even if they have the most horrendous, horrific of sins, our Lord Jesus Christ, he is overjoyed. He is overjoyed. You know, Jesus, we praise him as God, but also he makes intercession on our behalf to the Father. So when we come to confession, he wants to reconcile our relationship with the Heavenly Father. So he is mm-hmm. overjoyed. He came to reconcile us. So, uh, and, and it was called the sacrament of peace. My heart thing could be at peace. So, Lord, just give me all of your sins. And see, that the sacred heart is like a burning inferno of God's love for us. So when we go to confession, all of our sins, like little pieces of paper, just thrown into the fire of the sacred heart, and, and they're obliterated. 
you know, the, the mm. Lord to consume. Our Lord takes care of them, they're wiped out. So it's beautiful. So anyone that may be listening to this, you feel that tugging your heart, you know that you fall short of the glory of God, and you know they need to go to confession. God is waiting there. He wants to give you his peace. He wants you to reconcile you to your heavenly father. And he wants you to know in a deeper experiential way that he loves you, that he loves you. And that our Lord, his love is so perfect that when he forgives us, he doesn't hold those sins against us. So I encourage anyone, go to Jesus to bless the sack. You know, I've been a priest for over 19 years. And I've had the experience where someone comes to confession in way say 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And... I go, wow, God, your mercy is infinite. The God's using me as a priest to be in his instruments. I just feel the joy that enters my heart. And oftentimes I'll, I'll hear tears on the other side of the confession, tears of joy that they've been set free of the chains of sin. And so I see God's mercy working in action. And usually I'll, I'll ask people, hey, what got you here? This Father, something's been tugging in my heart. Something's been tugging in my heart. And I saw the light here on the confessional. Something impelled me. Well, that's God's grace. Maybe a parent, maybe a grandparent, hmm. maybe a spouse was praying for them, and they finally responded to God's invitation to really, truly, truly loves us. And, you know, this devotion to the Sacred Heart came about. One reason that our Lord really uh, gave this to us is there was a heresy of Jansenism in the 17th century. It sort of like viewed God as cold and uh, spiteful and wants to smash us, and we, all, we can never be what God wants us to be. It was a hardship, so it was really denying God's love. There's God's love, there's God's justice. Yes, there's God's justice. But they were almost exclusively promoting the justice and putting the mercy and the love off to the side, but there's a proper balance there. So, but uh, yeah, so anyway, if anyone's listening to this, if God's calling you, well, he is calling, he's calling, he's calling all of us to a deeper repentance, he's calling all to a deeper conformity, a deeper a deeper love for God, a deeper love for a neighbor. So go to confession. It's such a free, so it's only a few moments that maybe uh, if you, humbling yourself, I did this, I did that, but I'm sorry. Then you hear those beautiful words, I absolve you from your sins. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Because now you're allowing God's love to remain in your heart. So it's just a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. The sacrament of reconciliation, also called the sacrament of peace. Yes. I'll share something that's very interesting. I came across this in devotion to the Sacred Heart. Now, primarily, it gains popularity through St. Margaret Mary Alaconque, and then the church later institutes the feast. But even before her, there's another great saint called St. Gertrude the Great. And the Lord would appear to her and different apostles. And St. John the Apostle appeared. And St. Gertrude basically said, St. John, you lean on the breast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus that Holy Thursday night when he gave us himself in Holy Communion. And why didn't you talk more explicitly about the Sacred Heart? And St. John said this, my mission was to write for the church still in its infancy, something about the uncreated word of God the Father, something which of itself alone would give exercise to every human intellect at the end of time, something that no one would ever succeed in fully understanding. Then, she, then he writes this, uh, he says this to St. Uh, Gertrude, as for the language of these blessed beats of the heart of Jesus, it is reserved for the last ages when the world grown old and become cold in the love of God, will need to be warmed again by the revelation of these mysteries. So St. John is saying towards the end of time, the hearts, the charity will grow cold in the hearts of men, all people. And so the devotion to the Sacred Heart reserves this time to re-enkindle that love, so let people know that they are loved by God. If we draw close to them, that we can be transformed. So that's just an interesting thing, that uh, hmm. God has a plan, and all through 
the age of down to the centuries of plan when different devotions come to the forefront, become more popular in God's providence. So that's why the Sacred Heart devotion uh, is just so important, especially in our age uh, nowadays. So You're really active on YouTube, which I love this. Every day you have a daily holy hour where people can watch and live stream and pray before the Blessed Sacrament on the screen, and you also lead the chaplet and the rosary. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that and how that got started? What I, every day I do is Central Time at 3 p.m., and then at 8 p.m. I do a live stream. This is Father F.R. James Parker, and if you put on YouTube, it should come up. And I do the chaplet by mercy at 3 o'clock, just invoking God's great mercy, love upon the world, 3 o'clock hour, so that's about 10 minutes of prayer. Then the evening at 8 o'clock, we go on, we do the rosary, we pray prayers. Right now we're praying many prayers to the Sacred Heart, leading up to solemnity of the Sacred Heart, June 24th. Um, uh, so we pray the rosary, many intentions are brought in. So that's about an hour in the evening. And it's really something, I call it the daily discipline of prayer. There's many people who just turn, turn. I, you know, I started this, I only expected to do this for two weeks when this <laughs> began. But then three weeks and two months and now it's been over two years. So many people just love it and coming. And they say, Father, I've really learned a daily discipline of prayer. I try to join the family. Uh, I call it the Rosary family as we pray together. The prayers for each other is just beautiful. And the, the biggest thing I get, people write me letters. Father, when I do this, I have a greater peace of heart. Because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. When we draw close to his heart, we draw towards him in prayer. There's a fruit. There's a fruit that comes out. A greater peace of heart, peace of mind, and uh, it's just a bit of beautiful things. So, Father James Parker, 3 p.m., 8 p.m., uh, Central Time on uh, uh, YouTube. Now, a lot of people to do. Uh, a number of people tell me like, Father, sometimes I can't pray at 8 o'clock and do it at 9 o'clock, so they watch it later, or they watch it the next morning. Or <laughs> a number of people said, Father, I, when I go to adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, I put my little earplugs in and I'm listening to the prayers. Uh, that were prayed last night, so it helps them uh, for their holy hour when they do Eucharistic uh, adoration. So this is really a great, great gift that God has given us, this modern communication, how we can pray together and do other things uh, like this. This is Truth Pop Unplugged. We are so appreciative of Father Parker and the time he took to share that with us. Again, if you want to find him on YouTube, you can search Father James Parker. Yeah, it's it's amazing, babe. Like the stuff he's doing on YouTube, and it's so awesome to like also see people commenting with their prayer intentions while he's praying. So that's another awesome ability that you have when you're praying along with Father Parker on YouTube is you can comment with any prayer requests you have, and then he'll repeat them back uh, as he's praying. So um, definitely check it out. And, and you know, the month of the Sacred Heart, we wanted to release this episode talking about the devotion specifically on the solemnity of the sacred heart uh so this is being released on friday june 24th the actual solemnity wanted to also just kind of share our own individual experiences related to the you know the the solemnity of the sacred heart and what it means in our own lives kathy you have like just a really powerful story related to your grandfather and how he was impacted by this devotion my grandpa, Grandpa Paul, I never got to meet him, unfortunately. He died before I was born. But there's a beautiful story about his devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. When he was seven years old, his parents both passed away, and he was adopted by his aunt and uncle. And one night, um, he 
was lying in bed alone and it was raining outside and he was so scared after his parents had passed away and he looked on the calendar and he saw the words scared heart. It was actually the sacred heart of Jesus. It was that solemnity, but he thought it said scared heart. And he thought to himself, scared heart, that's me. I'm a scared heart. And so ever since then, he's had a strong devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. And when it came time for him to pass, he died on June 22nd, 1979, which is actually the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And he was buried in the Sacred Heart section of the St. Mary's Cemetery in Chicago. Kind of God's way of like winking like I've gotten him taken care of. It was like getting chills right now. Yeah. Well, so like you said that for him it was June 22nd, right? So like every year the solemnity of the Sacred Heart does fall on a different day. So... Uh, this year, it happens to be the 24th. The Friday after the Corpus Christi, the Feast of the Corpus Christi. Yeah, yeah. And we had the Feast of the Corpus Christi uh, Christi this past Sunday. So it's, you're right, it's at the end of it then. Um, so for, for anyone who might be confused as to why it was a different day, I think that that kind of explains it. But um, and, and babe, I love how Father Parker brought up the connection between the Sacred Heart and the Eucharist. And so it shows how celebrating Corpus Christi on Sunday and then ending the octave with the, the solemnity of the Sacred Heart makes sense because that connection, it's when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we are receiving his Sacred Heart. And that, I think, is the answer as to why it's so important to receive Jesus in the state of grace because when, and St. Paul has said this in Scripture, that, you know, taking the Eucharist is deadly for the soul that's in sin. And so, like, Jesus' heart pierced by a lance, that's done over and over again when we receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin. So, again, that's just showing how Father Parker uh, was talking about the the importance of receiving a good confession, too. And, like, don't be afraid to go to Jesus with your sins. He desires to forgive you. And then, like, there's nothing better than after going to confession and having your slate wiped clean and then being able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. Like, there's nothing better than that. Like, that is just what an incredible gift that is in our faith. So, um, but, you know, that, that image really strikes me, babe, of, like, showing the Sacred Heart with the crown of thorns around it, that Jesus's heart is still pierced when we commit mortal sin. So it's it's a gentle reminder for us to really think about our actions and how we wound the heart of Christ through our decisions in life. And yet the mercy that's offered day in and day out, that Jesus never gets tired of forgiving us, that he always allows us to uh, be clean and be washed with his blood. Father Parker has said that before that, you know, when he's in the confessional, he just thinks about the blood being poured out on the person in the confessional being forgiven, that Jesus's blood is just wiping them completely clean. Like what, what an amazing piece of imagery right there. So um, there's a lot to talk about with the sacred heart. And I'll just share my story really quickly that the thing that really got me thinking about the devotion was in college when I was just sitting alone. I was having a really rough day. felt like everything was going wrong. And this guy I barely knew just came up to me and he said, I don't know why I'm supposed to tell you this, but I feel like God wants me to share with you that he's holding you in his heart right now. And like that took me by surprise. Like, whoa, like Jesus holding me in his heart? Like, can I fit there? 
<laughs> I say that jokingly, but like also not so jokingly because I think that I realized how much of a puffed ego I sometimes have in my life that when we're so full of ourselves, when we're not embracing our littleness, it's harder to actually rest in Jesus's heart. So accepting that we are imperfect little souls that are going to sin, that are going to make mistakes, and yet Jesus still calls us to rest in his heart. And as Father Parker mentioned, to uh, be like John, uh, the beloved disciple, and just rest in Jesus's arms, and just as he did in, in the Last Supper. So if you have a story or a special thought, uh, maybe a prayer that you love praying that brings you closer to the Sacred Heart, you're invited to share that. But just wanted this to be a special episode of Truth Pop where um, we really dig deep on just such an important part of our faith. And hopefully it means something to you. You can always share your thoughts on our social media. This is the Celebrity Prayer Circle on Truth Pop. So just focusing on someone in Hollywood, that could use some prayers. And we're going to end the episode praying for Billie Eilish. And the reason... I wanted to bring her up in the celebrity prayer circle is because of an article I was reading where it said that she was quoted for saying, I would rather die than not have kids. You heard me right. She said, I'd rather die than not have kids. Wow. So she's not saying she doesn't want kids. She's saying she wants kids. And that's pretty surprising because she's very outspoken about being very pro-choice. Yeah, it's a really good point, babe. And it reminds me, like, you know, she was in Texas last October and screaming, my body, my choice. But yeah, she said that kids can be annoying, but she said she would literally rather not live than um, be childless. And I think it just kind of shows the confusion in our culture. And we need to take that to prayer. So many women, I think, who in their innate sense do want to be parents, but our culture teaches them to rebel. So let's pray against the spirit of abortion today and pray for Billie Eilish and all of those in our world who are embracing abortion and think that it's the right choice for them. And let's invoke the intercession of our mother, Mary, as she is the ultimate role model for true femininity. So let's pray Hail Mary today. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, there's always hope, right? That's the hope that we focus on every episode of Truth Pop, inviting you to share with your friends. Be sure to subscribe. And also, if you wouldn't mind rating the podcast, too. Um, if you like what you're hearing, you can give us your feedback anytime. And uh, you can do that inside of the App Store for sure. All right. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. But thank you so much again for listening. God bless. Cake out. This is Truth Pop.